It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, we're the defective characters. Three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. And I'm Jack. The Pumpkin King. Yes, yes, yes you are. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today we'll be sharing our experience with... Easy does it, but do it. In this episode 69 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Yeah, hold you had you have to do it twice. This is the first episode in a long time you didn't do a woohoo on the last one. Woohoo! I didn't do one. You know, I could have just added one in, but that's a lot of editing. No, don't try to cover up my shortcomings. Yeah, indeed, it is rather short. It is a. I am gonna not comment. (laughs) Did everyone have a a good New Year's Eve? Yeah, what'd you do, Dennis? I uh, stayed home where it was nice and safe and cozy. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I didn't do much. I stayed in. I haven't actually celebrated a New Year's Eve probably since, like, recovery. I think my last drink, which was like a year and a half before I came into the rooms, was uh, actually on New Year's Eve. That's not the reason I don't celebrate because I'm not really a partier type. So I don't go out to parties and stuff on New Year's. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything new on Netflix that you're into? There's a lot of offerings. Well, no. Now it's switching to Disney Plus because Soul, Pixar's new movie. Um, Yeah. Spoil alert. I haven't seen it. I'm seeing it tonight of this recording. But by the time you listen to it, I would have seen it. So I'm sure I would say, oh, my God, it's fantastic. I'm glad they did it. I love how Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the soundtrack. I feel like it brought back the heart and the soul, pun intended, of uh, Pixar. I think it's great. It's a good movie. I saw it. Don't spoil it for me, though. Yeah, does everybody die? Um, actually, we know from the trailer that the main character dies, like, within the first 10 minutes of it. This is awkward. So that's the whole premise of the movie, so. Uh, how would I know? I thought it was about Chicken Noodle Soup. No, that was Chicken Little, and that was a Disney movie, not a Pixar movie, and that movie was weird. Ah. Well, that's, that's good. You didn't get into to Cobra Kai that dropped on the, uh, the first? I have not seen one episode of it. I heard it was really good. But for some reason, I just haven't watched it. How about uh, how how about this? Just because you're the Netflix uh, correspondent, usually you right you watch you watch as far as the new programming, you at least dibble and dabble. And what do you think? Seventy percent? Yeah, I usually give things like a, a try. Like I'll watch one episode of it, or like you know, ten minutes of the movie. If it doesn't really catch me, or I'm not interested, then I'll move on to something else. But, you know, one thing that did surprise me this week, actually, was uh, Bridgerton, which is a new 
mini series on Netflix done by Shana, Shana Rhimes. And uh, it, it's like a period piece, like romance, like romantic drama comedy type thing that's a period piece set with like aristocrats and i really didn't think i would like it but i gave it a chance and then i ended up binge watching it it's very well done surprisingly the trailer it's out now nicholas cage has a show on netflix did you see that no way what it's called the history of swear words (laughs) and i've i kid you he doesn't even look like himself have you seen it james no so history of swear words. I don't know what it again. It came out the this is a real thing. This, this is a real thing. I understand, but it came out the fifth. The trailer is out. And like the the whole first season is out, and in the trailer, because I I that's all I've seen is it's Nicolas Cage. He has definitely dyed his hair dark. He has a beard. It it barely looks like himself. And in the trailer, he is has an easel and he's painting something and he's talking the way Nicolas Cage does, but acting like he's a, uh, like a uh, highbrow, like educator. So he's like in a suit and he's like, you know, when you, and you can't see what he's painting. And then you see that on the, <laughs> you know, you just have to see it. And another, let's put it this way. It seems like it's breaking down bad words and how some words I I just googled it it's a a legit documentary that explores the intimatology of obscenity yeah like oh that's I'm gonna so watch that it's pretty cool so on the easel he puts p-u-s-s-y on there and he goes also could be called a cat and that's what the trailer is but it's long and drawn out and it's like 90 seconds two minutes of him talking about this and it does a slow zoom in to him and then you see a two shot of actually grabbing seeing what he's painting um so it looks it looks really good and I, how in the heck nicholas cage transitioned to movies that never should have been made <laughs> to netflix like that's a big jump for netflix to take you know like uh, like all truth like i when like back in the day i i looked at nicholas cage like okay that's nicholas cage but the longer that he's around the more i like respect him and you know because he's done some phenomenal movies you know you look at like raising arizona and even like the national treasure movies are great movies um and he's actually like really talented but like i love people who can like laugh at themselves and there's one of like the most anticipated movies that i really want to see is actually one of his movies and it's a movie where he stars himself as an actor who gets hired to like go down to like Mexico or something and do like perform at a party or whatever, but then like witnesses something, or I don't know, like the whole premise, the whole premise ain't out yet, but it's an, it's a movie where he plays himself as like this big arrogant actor that gets hired to go, you know? And I, I think that's brilliant. And I love like actors who can do like serious movies and then stupid movies, you know, it's like Sasha Baron Conan. He has a, a series out a mini series called the spy where he's just a brilliant good actor and then he has borat you know and i love that yeah jim that's nice well james hey james yes hey i, di- I didn't hear what you said what'd you say <laughs> oh jim carrey's one of those actors yeah, yeah. will pharaoh too it's yeah like, you will don't realize Farrow. how good they are until they do a serious role like 
Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. So that's so that's what's going on, on Netflix. All that stuff's out uh out right now. You can uh you can check it out. How is how's everything for you, James? What'd you do to uh say goodbye to twenty twenty and hello to twenty twenty one? I I just had a nice dinner and I watched a wonderful movie. It actually wasn't that good, but it was uh <laughs> It was fun because I, I watched it with um, with my wife, and I know the whole time she was probably like, "Why? What's going on? This movie is what? What movie was it? American Pickle." <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a movie on HBO Max, and it's Seth Rogen, and mm. and he's um he's a Jew in nineteen nineteen. Yeah, 1919. And he goes to America and he falls in a pickle juice barrel and he gets... Oh, I saw a trailer for that. That actually looks good. It's... Oh, it's... But it's not. <laughs> it's it, it, it sounded probably better on paper. But none of... I mean, a lot of the jokes don't land and it's just the tone changes dramatically throughout it. You're just like kind of... It tries to be funny, but it's only halfway there. But, so it sounds uh, sounds like the brine went bad. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, but it was cool seeing Seth Rogen play um, Seth Rogen. You know, in, in two different. He played he opposite himself, and when he acted against himself, it was completely invisible. It was like there was two of them there. So that that's always good. Moving. Oh, on. that's that's talent. That's not easy to do. Yeah. So, but it just wasn't. It was just off the wall but it was supposed to be off the wall but i didn't yeah me and seth rogan yeah you could pass that one <laughs> nice so how how are the recovery plans been since we're a week in to the new year um like how are they how are they starting oh good good i, I made the bed and <laughs> i got the um my wife's protein shake all the ingredients ready so she didn't have to go rummaging for them and i'm gonna go shopping today to get vital necessities all stuff that i didn't necessarily want to do but i did out of the kindness of my heart uh do you I you're such, a, wanna, so, such a good guy isn't that weird like I, I wake up in the morning and i do not want to make the bed but i do it anyways how come i don't want to make the bed in the morning to be fair, I don't want to do anything in the morning. <laughs> I just got to train myself to want to do those things. Maybe that'll be a little easier. You know what, James? At least you have a bed that you can make. <laughs> indeed, Dennis. Indeed. Yeah, and if you make the bed, you also got to lay in it. Don't forget. Are you still laying on uh, on that hay on the floor, Dennis? Mm-hmm. No, it, it it rained one night and the hay got washed away. <laughs> so now I'm just on the like mushy dirt <laughs> wood planks, and the wood planks started splintering. So like you know my butt hurts now. But is this the story of little baby Jesus? <laughs> kind of sounds like. Sounds I mean, like... I didn't call myself Jesus, but okay. <laughs> I mean, your baby Dennis. I it's accept, pretty close. I accept that you see me as your savior. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wake up, Dennis. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so that well, that's that's good, and uh, I I like the fact. I don't know. I think twenty twenty one is starting on like a pretty good year. You know, I uh, 
I haven't jumped into Cobra Kai. I plan on actually doing that. Nicolas Cage, yeah, I'll, I'll probably see that. And it just came out two days ago. Uh, resolutions. I feel like I've been pretty real. You know, you guys, you guys think I've been real the last uh, six, seven days into the new year? Yeah. Yeah, dog. You're I feel, real. I feel like Pinocchio. I'm a real boy. And I hear a bird stripping where you're at. I was woken up um, on New Year's Day to a beautiful cardinal singing outside my window. I love the cardinal sings. Yeah. It's it's just miraculous that they've made it all the way from Missouri. Well, yeah, they come south for the winter, Mike. Yeah, because they're usually from St. Louis, right? That's why the baseball team. Yeah, I mean. He, are there are there more Cardinals? Here's the question, okay? More Cardinals, and maybe, Dennis, you know this, since you're a, you're a history and uh, geography buff. More Cardinals in St. Louis or Arizona? Because there's a football team, the Arizona Cardinals, or St. Louis. So who who has more Cardinals hailing from there? I don't know sports, but whatever one has the bigger roster, I guess, like a football player. Are there more football players? Yeah, yeah. Go team. Go go team. Yeah, whatever. Hey, whatever team you like. Go sports. We we don't like them. We don't or not. That's not our our thing. If you think there were sports guys, are you listening to to us at all? Have you listened at all? I I just spent like 15 minutes talking about what I watched on Netflix this week. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't ESPN. That is true. No offense to sports people. No, they're offended. So easy does it, but do it. Uh, This is something that in our home group, um, you can hear one of the guys that's in our fellowship many years under his belt. I think we can name him. He hasn't told his story, or can we not name him? I think it's. Are you talking about who says it at the beginning? Yeah. It's it's a female. It's Carolyn. No, I don't Isn't think it? so. No, yeah. I think it's I I think it's Joe. Oh, right. Oh, is it Joe? He goes easy. Does it, but do it. Okay. And and I I thought well, first of all, we're we're gonna try to knock out by the time this is all said and done every single slogan. That gets used in the front. I think we should highlight it as an episode, but this is pretty good. The next series, yeah. So this this is pretty good to start making sure that we made recovery plans last uh, last week. But how to actually know the easy does it part is like oh, give yourself a break, but also make sure you also accomplish. That's how I take easy does it, but do it. What's what's your guys' definition, Dennis? I'll start with you. Like easy does it, but do it. What does what does that mean to you as far as a slogan? Well, I, I think it's it, to me when I hear it, it's like it's you know it means easy does it, <laughs> but then you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? That's what it means. Good point. Yeah. But um, you know, I think it's it's. It's one of those things where you got to keep in perspective. Like, like it's recovery is a process, and it's it's not necessarily like an easy process, but it's a simple one. But it's not necessarily easy. So, in the sense of like when you come in, you know, we're usually messed up. We're usually under the 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 idea or the craving for instant gratification, you know, and then we get like upset about ourselves because we don't hold ourselves or we don't hold up to the bar we set ourselves or whatever 
So it's kind of like what you say, you know, like take it easy a little bit, you know, slow it down, you know, one step at a time, do it and whatever. But then you can, at the extreme of that, you can slip into like complacency where you're not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Where you're all, you just, you might show up to the meetings, but you're not doing the work or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's do it, but you don't have to like run the marathon. You can, you can kind of, you walk the marathon at a, at a pace that's not going to drive you back out. You know what I'm saying? Not to overcomplicate it or overburden yourself or whatever, but just slowly move forward and it makes it easier, I guess. Yeah. You agree with that, James? I do. And I want to also mention that you guys were talking about sports and, and people watching sports. Dennis watches people play video games all the time and that's today's all the time <laughs> that's today's new sports that's what kids are watching they're not watching football and baseball they're watching other grown adults or children play video games and it's uh-huh. the exact same thing as watching sports and 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 like i see like dads and like oh why are they just watching this it's like Man, you're watching football all day. It's the exact same thing. And uh, it's yeah. the new generation of sports. And uh, yeah, it can be very entertaining. Very- you know, and, and it, it's interesting that you bring that up because I remember a while ago when, like, you know, YouTube started getting big and the video games on it and stuff like that. I always was like, why do people, like, watch people play video games? <laughs> like, they could just play the video games. Why watch someone else play it? And I didn't understand it. And then I got hooked on like Minecraft, which like you have to watch people play Minecraft to learn how to play Minecraft. And like now, now I totally get it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a there's a vicariousness, a thrill of watching people succeed at video games, and you get better at it by watching other people succeed at it. So yeah. very strange. Yeah, I was doing it when I was little with the original Nintendo. Like we would take turns watching each other play because we didn't have YouTube. Yeah, and it was fun. To- yeah. But, um, you know, easy does it uh, for me. Um, it, I didn't really understand what it means, what it meant in the beginning, but... Um, that dog is super cute. Um, <laughs> easy does it is just um, not to take yourself so seriously. Um, to, you know, obviously get situated in the program where you have a sponsor and you're working on the steps and you're going to meetings, but, you know, also give yourself a break. You're, you're in a meeting, you know, you're not drinking today. Um, you're doing good, man. Like you're, you're, you're right where you need to be. That's what it means to me. You know, um, today it means that, uh, you know, I don't really mind, what happens you know so much so much controversy in the world today so many things happen around me and to me but when i take the attitude of you know what it it doesn't it doesn't really bother me it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter in the long run like is this gonna matter a week from now is this gonna matter two years from now um it's it it happened to me actually before um before I came into this last year, like I would get a new electronic device, something that cost maybe 100 bucks, 200 bucks, and it would break. And um, 
somewhere along the way, I was just like, okay, you know what? This doesn't matter. Like, I was upset for a second, and I was like, eh, oh, well, who cares? And then I would think about getting a new item. But um, that kind of mentality blossoms over over time, and then I really have grown into a person where I'm not materialistic, where, like, I like things, and I like tools, but, you know, I just, I take it easy, and I don't really care if I if I have the newest gadget, the newest thing. I don't know if I'm going off topic, but um, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. But basically, in early sobriety, you're in, you're in the program, take it easy, just relax, uh, get some friends, make some coffee, and just take it day by day. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm going to say that uh, that doesn't work for me, though. I think I gave myself the benefit of the doubt of so many times I would rationalize. It's a, it's a slippery slope because I would always rationalize before I came into the rooms that I deserve this, you know. And when I got sober, then it turned to, okay, well, I'm not drinking anymore, so it's good enough. And it was good enough until the results weren't working. So after the first week, yeah, it was good. I didn't have to make any apologies for what I did the first week because I didn't screw anything up because I was in a blackout. So I didn't have to make those apologies. But things weren't getting better. So the do it for me, the first, it took me about 14 months to actually make it through the steps, maybe 15. And I had to actually know that if I wasn't feeling better, then I was doing a little too much of the easy does it and expecting that it was just going to work for me. And it doesn't. What do we say? It works if you work it. So if I'm not doing it, um, and now that I've made it through the steps the first time, it's actually making sure that I'm maintaining the life that I have today by praying, by meditating, by service work, and continuing to do it. Because I can't say, oh, yeah, I've made it through. Uh, you know, I've worked, worked with uh, pigeons, which Dennis hates that that term pigeon I, I do i don't like that term i know it's an old school term and common but i don't like it's it. but it's it's said it's said with love right well, maybe it's, so. it's not in the big book right do they call them pigeons no where do people say it just meetings i guess up north they say it more i don't know it's old timers that say it like specifically my grand sponsor says it a yeah. lot but well, minions, is that better? It kind of rhymes. No, I, I think sponsees. I, ah. I, and this is just me. This is my, you can do whatever you want or whatever. But to me, it, it's like calling someone a pigeon is like degrading them or whatever. To yeah. me, they're just a human being. They're equal to me. I'm just... But look, you know, at, look, at, home, but look at Home Alone 2. Yeah. She loved pigeons. Yeah, I hear <laughs> Pierce Morgan played the pigeon lady. I, that's not true at all. Where is this on Broadway? On the internet. Oh, no, I don't. I don't think that's that's accurate. But I like. I have to make sure. He denies it, but I'm pretty sure. 
I just I just have to make sure that I uh, I do the work, you know. And that's like how how do you know when you're you're doing enough? If I'm irritable, I'm agitated, I have a bit of discontent. I know that I am uh, I'm not doing enough. I'm doing a little too much of the easy does it, and I'm not putting into the the program. And have you guys run into a situation where maybe your sponsor? tries giving you some guidance and it's like well you gotta like do it Len. like how did that how did that work um me personally and when you were asking that question that was the first thing that came into my head is like i'm not really good at gauging how i'm doing you know i can gauge how i feel in the moment or whatever and whatever's in my head but again like from you know you guys in our fellowship and my sponsor has a better gauge on if I'm doing too much of the easy part of it and not enough of the doing it part of it and stuff. But I think you brought up a, a good point of like maintaining your program or whatever. And I might, one thing that my sponsor says is that, you know, what worked for me in the beginning, just keep doing that, you know, because like a, I see a lot of people, you know, like it's kind of a common joke where AA is, is like a revolving door people come and go and what i see a common thread is is that people start doing good and start feeling well again life starts coming back and relationships start getting rebuilding and stuff so they think they're good and then they slow down they start working the steps backwards or going to less meetings or doing you know dropping things off of their program and ultimately they end up going back out so like what my sponsor emphasizes is you know if i keep doing what works then it'll keep on working you know yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. What do you think, James? Like, how do you know you? How do you know you're doing enough? Um, well, it's a good question. How do I know if I'm doing enough? Um, you, you kind of feel good inside. Um, I think you, me personally, I know if I'm not doing enough. If I'm just being lazy all day. I'll go to a meeting in the morning and that's pretty much it. That's probably not enough. Um, a good way to if you're doing enough is you know, are, you, are you praying? Are you meditating? Are you going to a meeting? Are you helping someone? And what are you doing? What do you do? What did you do today? The stream of life. As it says in the video, um, I, I really enjoy having this podcast because you know something besides a meeting where I can interact with my fellows and and try to help another individual who might be struggling. You know, it's I'm really pleased to be able to do this on a weekly basis for over a year now. Our commitment to it's really impressive. Uh, I don't think I've ever. Besides going to meetings, you know, committed to something with uh, the same group of people. Nice. Thanks, James. I guess a uh, a recommendation that I had for one uh, one of my sponsees. I'll use Dennis's term. Sponsees. That's what you what you say, Dennis. Mm-hmm. I never heard that term. Well, keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> um, was a lot of 
people he came in so this was when i was in vermont and i met it i spoke at a, a rehab facility and they had the uh um you know the just another bozos on the bus they had the bozo bus that would come in do you not like that either dennis or are you like i'm j- i'm asking i'm not poking fun i'm saying i i, I just don't want to do offend you are you good I, with bozo I, <laughs> okay. If you're calling every newcomer of like no, a everybody. How about everybody? Not like, just. I like I like the phrase of I'm just a bozo on the bus. Like okay. Self-deprecation or whatever. That's humility or whatever. And perspective is one thing, but to label people as less than just because they're newer to the program, I don't like that okay. aspect of it. You know? Okay. Well, I'll I'll call myself a bozo. So anyway, the bozo bus came to the uh, Tuesday and Thursday. My home group. And I, I met him, and there was a lot of newcomers that all had around the same amount of time. And I tried to explain that it was very detrimental to his sobriety to compare himself to other people that came in at the exact same time. Because the other people, there was like three other guys that he was friends with, and it's totally fine. But they didn't they didn't have sponsors and they had really no intentions of working the steps and he said he wanted to you know like they didn't have um they didn't have families in the area they so as far as people outside of the the rooms to hold them accountable he had people they did not and he wanted to get sober for himself but he said, well, you know, like, why do I have to actually work the steps? Like he said that he did step one. And we know that as far as steps go to stay sober, that is the only one. And I believe that that that's the only one that you have to make sure that you do 100 percent of the time to know that life is unmanageable when I put a drink or a drug in my body. And when those defects of character take over, um, but the rest of it, he didn't want to really buy into. Not even like, you know, half-ass. He's just like, oh, you know, like I'm sober. Isn't that enough? And I said, if that's enough, then that's fine. But, you know, he read the promises at one meeting. And I said, don't expect these promises to come true if the only thing that you want to do is to not put that in your body. Like it's not, it's not going to happen. And I still believe that today. You know, those don't come true at all unless you actually start putting the work in. So he was hung up on the easy does it. And unfortunately we stopped working together because we weren't working together anyway, you know, and I, I wish him well and I haven't seen him since, but I'm always reminded when it comes to easy does it, but do it, that that do it piece is the most important, you know, uh, don't beat yourself up, you know, put the bat down easy does. It does refer to that as well where it's like, don't be so hard on yourself. But you also, if you want the life that gets shared in meetings um, and in the big book and all the stories and want those results, work has to be put in. So that's that's my take on it. You guys have anything else to add? No, that's good. <clears throat> I like the, the just the do it part. You know, you gotta, no matter what, the, the book is full of... Um, the book is full of warnings and it's full of um, 
uh, commands, if you will. And <clears throat> you heed the warnings, but you better do what the book tells you to do. Otherwise, you will fail, you know. So that's good. I'm glad you brought that part up. I kind of missed that part, but do it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm on the. Uh, I'm I'm kind of in the other realm of it. I think, you know, the book doesn't offer commands. It it offers suggestions, and it specifically says that, and that's for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I come came into the program, I'm a very rebellious person. I don't like authority. I don't like people telling me what to do. If I was commanded to do something, then I would have been out. And you can, you know, like in the book, it says sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. And people are going to be on their own journey. And they're going to, you know, you're going to get some people who don't want to work the steps. You're going to get some people that do. And they'll quickly figure out what works and what doesn't work. I think if we start pushing people and commanding them to do stuff, then you're going to push more people out the door than you are going to bring them in. And I think, like, it is, like, you know, when we come in, we're, we're usually beaten down. We're usually really hard on ourselves. You know, none of us come in with like as a ray of sunshine and, you know, we're fragile. At least I was. And, you know, we've got to be, we've got to kind of take it easy. You know, it takes time. You know, they say it even takes like a couple of years before your like brain cells get back to normal when you stop drinking and stuff. And, you know, I think everyone's going to kind of move at their own pace that they're ready for it. And as like sponsors and other people in the program that we got to kind of be aware of that. We can't push a newcomer too hard and we can't allow them, them to push themselves too hard. You know, sometimes we have to slow them down so that they can really take it in. You know what I'm saying? And I think in the end, like you have to do the work because the work works. But I can't convince someone that the work, the work works. They kind of have to, like, see for themselves. So what would you do in my, my case? The story that I told the, the spot. I had, I had just finished. He was my first sponsee. So I was 15 months sober. And this, this came in. And these suggestions, like how I. I, I think it's, it's all, all you can do is tell them your experience with it. Or if you know someone who had that same thought of like, oh, why do I need to do these steps or whatever that didn't do the steps, that, but then eventually did it, send them that way. Who has that experience? All you can do is explain to them like what works for you. Ultimately, they have to make that decision. They have to come to that realization on, on that they're willing to do it. You know, and I think step three, if you get them up to step three, you know, I, I think one guy I heard like, my sponsor even made the, or my sponsee made this realization like just the other week is like the first three steps are kind of like prep steps of like, are you ready to do this work? And then you get to step four where it where the work starts. And then you get up to step 10 through 12 where it's maintenance steps and stuff. And ultimately like most newcomers that come in, they don't know what it is. So they're going to have a lot of questions. They're going to have a lot of reservations, a lot of, Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And eventually they'll go back out or they'll come back in and be more, you know, humble and willing, you know. So it's, it's kind of let them guide their own pace and just offer your experience. Mm. Cool. That's good. You guys want to put a bow on it? Got anything else to add, James? I'm good. Thank you so much. 
All right. Well, bless you, buddy. We'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you with episode 70. Where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects or moods. Remember, you can do it. <laughs> Rob Schneider? <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! And we'll see you next time.